Hi, my name is Dominique, and together with my team, we produce the content for our weekly Swisspreneur episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's show. There are, aren't that many companies on TikTok yet, but I think it's, it's crazy because it's the same thing as it was with Instagram. Like it took a lot of time for companies to really go on, on the app. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Yael, a very well welcome back to the Swisspreneur Show. It's great to have you again. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about Generation Set and also what companies can actually learn from this generation. But before we get started, you know, I think it's important to also really know what Generation Set is and what, what is it not. Can you talk a bit more what Generation Set actually means? So Generation Set are people that are born between 1995 and 2010, and they are not millennials. <laughs> That's and they're often compared to them, but they are not, and they are also not children anymore. So they are on the age, between the ages 10 and 25. And the old, the youngest millennials are 26. So they are the next generation that um, enters job markets and enters the business world. Mm -hmm. And that's also like why they are really relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so many companies need, whether they want it or not, think about that topic and that generation basically so i would also you know usually we start talking about common mistakes um you've seen different companies uh you always had like three careers as we discussed in the first episode what mistakes do you see companies doing or making uh when dealing with the generation set so they are um some for example it's uh reading reports and taking insights for facts even though it's just technical or um, too obvious. And that's one thing. Or also they base uh, all their assumptions on conversations they have with their children on the dinner tables. Mm -hmm. And um, they are all, often the, those assumptions are biased after that. And they also, also customer behavior is something dynamic. So, um, if you sell to Gen Z, it only makes sense to involve them in product development and a selling process. Right. And I think that's, that's, that's some mistakes they do. So from your experience, what should actually companies do and how should they actually involve the Gen set in the selling process, for example? I think it's the most important thing is to involve them in working together, working together with them and asking Take talking to Gen Z and not talking about them. So talking to the customers themselves. Do you think that it's also important not only to just talk to them, but really having them as employees? Yes, I think that's super important. Also giving them the chance to, to bring in their opinions and their, their thoughts and how they, what they look at, how they look at, at products. And you know, when, when I think talking to people that are a bit older than the Gen Z, um, they usually say, you know, this, uh, this generation is so different from what I'm used to. Um, do you also hear that phrase, uh, often? Yes, that's a common, that's a common phrase. But, 
I think um, young people are different than young people some years ago, or some so many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think they really want to um, to help companies or want to to they want to bring themselves themselves in and change. They want to bring changes. And I think that's a, that's a huge difference and why they should be taken seriously. <laughs> Can you maybe elaborate a bit more about uh, that difference to older generations? You know, what shifted over time from, from your perspective? So I think one big difference is that Gen Z is, grew, grew, grew up with social media and with the internet. So right. it's super, it comes natural to us. And that's one huge difference. Also, um, we so we, we've always been online we are the like the real um digital natives and one other thing is taking action i think the generation really wants to change something in the in the world for example we see that with the climate um climate change discuss discussions or the fridays for future and young people who um bring who push that movement and like those two components together um, are in like the, the combination of being activistic and being online, we can now really see on, on TikTok, for example, because there right now there's so much footage of the um, protests, protests in the USA regarding George Floyd. And I and there are Chen Chen Go, they um, demonstrate then they film and they post about it. And I think that's how we really see the the potential or the, Absolutely. the Gen Cs. But then still, you know, many companies, they have difficulties to really unleash the full potential of this generation. What would you recommend them to do as a, as a setup? How can they really, you know, work well and also successfully together uh, with the generation set? I think it's really important to give Gen Z a mission because they are um, really purpose-driven mm-hmm. and to to help them unleash their full potential. And for example, that's I, I Ringe really did that with me with my time at Ringe when I went there. I was seventeen, and they really wanted me to help me. Um, to with my they I really could be creative and all my bring in all my ideas and and for example or for example when last year there were the national um, elections mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I could concept and do a project for Ringy it's called Soda where we um, wanted young people young people to go to vote, <laughs> want right. to bring young people to go to vote, and Ringe really wanted. I really wanted to um, help young people and want and help me, and I could really bring in my my insights and and do this project there. What was so motivating for you at this project Soda, for example, that you know really made you go above and beyond, basically? <laughs> was Ringe really believed in me and really let me? They just let me do. And they knew that what I did there was best for for them and for because I really understood what young people want, wanted, and also and sort of was um, turned out to be a, a big success and 
but there was a great experience. And I think companies should really know, they should really see the potential in their young employees mm -hmm. and where they can bring them, bring their, their knowledge in. Right. So I, I tried to summarize that, do you know, because we always like to give people a like three bullet plan uh, where they can start, for example. So you say it's important that you give them a purpose and, and that you also let them do and also appreciate them in, in actually what they do. Yes. Would these be the three points that you... Yes, great, on? three points. <laughs> so how could we then go a bit deeper? Okay, purpose is very important. Um, I think that's also what many sort of realized about the Gen Z, where they say, hey, they are purpose-driven, purpose is super important to them, but what does that actually mean? How do you get to that point where you can align the purpose of the company with the purpose of the generation? I think it's even the purpose of the thing of the persons. Okay. So they really want to change something even inside a company. They want to bring the company further and they want to um, have responsibility as well. And they want to see where their path inside a company could go and want to be taken seriously by their, their, their bosses or by the company itself. Right. And the second point, just letting them do, um, you know, many people might think, okay, you have to be very, really, really careful with them, uh, with the generation C and just, you know, help them whatever you can. This might not be the best idea to do, right? Yeah. I think that's a common misunderstanding because I think, um, the young people can do much more than you would give them mm -hmm. and to just help them really help them realize their ideas and, and helps also helps the company a lot. Is, is there any specific tip, maybe also from your time at Rinje, where you said, hey, this was actually a re really good empowerment. They just let me do without limiting factors. And you've seen other limiting factors somewhere else or at other companies where you say, this is probably the way not to do it. Maybe it was always when I came up with a new idea, they thought about it and they let me do a conception about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's in other companies, um, young people are often just the, um, the, in, the, the ones who do the internships or are paid, paid less, less than others. And, yeah. and they, in, in traditional companies, they're still the, the, thought of you have to climb the ladder until you can take responsibility and I think that's that could be an important factor that you give responsibility to young people as well and and help them um, find out what they can do best and also accept if they can't if they make some mistakes maybe and um, help them to do better next time. That's a very good point, because if you let people do, then it's absolutely normal, natural that there will also be mistakes. Yes. Still many companies or also maybe older generation, I'm not sure if that's a cliche, but that's what people say, um, have more issues or a, a harder time accepting uh, these failures or mistakes. How would you recommend, you know, companies to go about that? How do you successfully deal with a mistake that happened by a younger generation employee? I think it's important to to still give this employee responsibility and not just take it away afterwards, but maybe really talk about what 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 went wrong and look at it from a from an outside perspective, so they can do it better next time. Right. 
is there any you know situation or mistake that comes to mind when you think about your time back at Rinje where you say oh this really didn't work out as planned I mean there were of, there were of course there were some when I I, I did so many things different things at Rinje as well but especially in the beginning when I I had to start learning every, how how to do everything um there were there were some but not not too bad mistakes Okay, so it wasn't like a big discussion point then. No. <laughs> and uh, the third point that we also mentioned on the checklist was mm-hmm. uh, really this sort of appreciation, also feedback in general. Um, how does that show in practice? How do we actually, you know, provide good feedback and also valuable feedback, but also appreciation to a Gen C member? I think that also comes with giving them responsibility and letting them letting them do. I think that's the like the, the conclusion of the other two things that you you appreciate and that you really want them to involve and to help help the company with their insights with their young knowledge they have and also for for example if you um if, if you a product for young people for for gen c or for young people it only makes sense that you um have a young a young person in the team with and take their insights um, seriously or for is there any you know any particular way of how you actually appreciate feedback is it like face to face do you prefer a written positive or negative feedback uh, what's the preferred way of communication there I think that, that direct communication is always the best and another point that many people mention uh, about uh, Gen Z is that they are a bit impatient, that they want to have results overnight and uh, don't or are not willing to invest enough time to actually produce and build something. What What is your perspective and understanding of that sort of quote? Mm, I don't see it that way. Gen Z really sees the purpose or the mission. They are willing to invest a lot of time to per- to to really bring that project to success. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing for for them as well to really bring in their potential in, in a company. So now we talked about how to lead uh, Gen C and another important point is actually how do you win them over as employees in the first place? Um, how do you actually attract them to your company uh, before they even start working for you? <laughs> do you have any recommendations on that topic? You, you won't get them by trying to attract them with a high salary. So a high salary is not the most important thing for Gen Cs. And also they they need a vision they can ad- identify with, like a company vision. Do you have a good example for one that is appealing? Maybe companies that are, for example, a sustainable, or that's just an example, is a company that um, pushes sustainability and um, wants to make the world a better place, but also other companies can have like such a vision and there sometimes you know companies say that but don't actually do it is there a difference for the generation set or you know maybe they don't even realize that in the beginning a company says we make the world a better place but actually they don't it just sounds good when is that becoming a problem for the gen c i think as soon as they realize that there's a problem or that the vision doesn't uh, it's not close enough to their visions I think they will realize and what would want to change probably. And then the change would probably be them leaving the company, not changing the company most likely, I guess. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> so 
we talked about how you actually attract, uh, you know, Gen C employees for your company. You mentioned vision, mm -hmm. not so much salary driven. What else comes to mind? Gen C, uh, that's something we had before. Like Gen C wants to grow fast and they want to work in a company that helps them unlock their full potential. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's also an important thing. What does that exactly mean? It doesn't necessarily mean just um, climbing the career ladder and getting promoted, right? It's probably much more in, in the purpose of the job and what you can actually do and what new skills that you can learn. Yes, exactly. And to um, bring, in, bring, in their, bring in their ideas and their potential and being taken seriously and take, been taken in, involved in projects and um also inside projects that their opinions are are being discussed and yeah so basically just being heard very being heard yeah. yeah very simple actually but probably hard to to find in practice yes because i think young people are as uh, yeah as, as mentioned just the the they ha still have to climb the career ladder and and yeah or in, in project teams the youngest person is mostly over over 30 but it still is young but it's not um the like you maybe not the customer do you think that this is just a pure age problem you know that people in the higher roles so to say just need to uh, have a certain age but the skills that they have could actually also be served by the younger generation mm, it depends i i think even young people can be can can be leaders mm -hmm. and can be in higher positions but also of course uh, you need experience and you need to know how to lead a company and that's something that you don't have as a young generation yet because you lack the experience i think it, i it depends i think um it's not only i think no i think even if you're young you can have um you can have higher roles in companies and because you you maybe you see the the needs from another perspective or maybe you know even better than than older people or older generations what um customers want or what the company needs right. but it's not just but it's not just because it's not something you can replace i think okay it, yeah. i think it depends on the company structures as well I mean, for your case, for example, you have like three different careers that you already did at age 20. So you bring plenty of experience for such a role, I would say. Yes. <laughs> but others might not be there yet. So yeah, it probably really is yes, a case-specific yes, exactly. decision. At the same time, if you are promoted young, um, usually you also have to then lead people that are probably older than you are. For some, that is a problem. Have you ever experienced or heard about any of that tricky situations? Yes, I've heard a lot about it, but I think that's um, become more and more common that it could be that way. Or I even, yeah, but I think it shouldn't be a problem for, for everyone because the most important thing is to do a good job and to bring the company forward. And if that's a young person in the lead, I think that should be the best, should be the way it is. <laughs> So look for the best decision and the best outcome for the company, not on a personal level. Yes. So now we talked about employees uh, of like Chen said being your employees, mm -hmm. but oftentimes they're also customers. 
So how do you actually win them over as customers if you sell a product that is uh, attracting them? I think there is not a general formula for it, but uh, Gen Z is very reactive to brands mm -hmm. and they want a product they really can believe in. Uh, for example, do you know the, do you know the company Supreme? No. So it's a, it's a clothing brand mm -hmm. that has a huge success for, with young, for, for young people. And they, um, every, everyone wanted to wear Supreme. So they, they, they sold their, their clothes in small quantities. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I knew so many friends who really, at, at, always at 12 o'clock on Thursdays, they put on their new clothes. And my, all my friends were on their computers trying to get some of their, these clothes because on online page, they weren't too, um, too expensive, but if you wanted to buy them otherwise, otherwise, somewhere else, it was super expensive. And that's that's, for example, a brand everyone wanted to have be part of it. But why was that the case that it was so appealing to to Gen Z? Was it because there weren't enough, uh, you know, enough products that they were actually selling, which actually also drove exclusivity into price, or what made it so appealing to the? The younger generation. I think it was the exclusivity, but also um, the just the, the brand and what the brand stood for. Because like all stars wore it, and you saw it on on your social medias. And no, it, it was really special if someone had a piece of this brand. So the brand really had a good strategy on how to attract young customers. <laughs> That, that's fascinating because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's such another marketing game than you're used to from the, the big name companies, right? Yes. Is, is there anything that you think, okay, this is something that you could just copy paste or apply and learn for for your own business if you were in the in the clothing industry, for example? Like, do you think it would make sense to copy their distribution model and limit the quantities? I mean, many, many companies does do that right yeah. now. For example, On as well with their new sneakers they have and you're wearing honest as well <laughs> they, they 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 have just small quantities of their new sneakers and it's right. the same model as well I, so i think it really works for young young customer for customers maybe in general and social media seems to play a very important role in the whole uh, sales and marketing game for actually winning over gen c as clients which platforms are relevant at the moment uh, for the younger generation from your perspective and why Really important is TikTok, and I'm impressed myself how much important it gained over the last months. So in quarantine, especially, and I think it's even more important than Instagram, or it's starting to be more important. Uh, it's like when Instagram came up, and everyone went for, switched from Facebook to Instagram, <laughs> and now everyone's switching to TikTok because it's it's a plat it's a very interesting platform where you can, it's just more entertaining than Instagram was. In what way? Like for somebody who has never seen or heard about TikTok, <laughs> what makes it so different, like different and special compared to Facebook and Instagram? So it's super addictive and it's, there are only seven seconds or no, sorry. There's only short videos uh, on the, on the app mm -hmm. and the average is 15 seconds. So they are going from 15 to one minute 15 seconds to one minute and it's just the way the, they they have so tiktok is actually some kind of a tech company 
you can say, because they have a crazy algorithm behind it and they really know what's there, what you want to see and they play you exactly the videos that you make you addicted to the app. And there's also, you can also, everyone wants to um, post videos on their own because there's, they, they could go viral with their posts all the time. So it's just a completely new app and it seems that it, it's, it's, it's growing. It's the fast, fast growing and fastest downloaded app, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. So you really have to pay attention. So, yes. but the, the algorithm is different. The, the pure focus on videos uh, makes it super addictive. Exactly. Isn't that also uh, sort of a risk that you then spend more and more time uh, in the app and just don't want to get rid of it anymore? Yes, it is. I see that with my little brother, for example. It's super addictive to him as well. But that's exactly what TikTok wants or Absolutely. what also what I think it's also an important place for marketing for companies now that so many young people are on the app and they spend hours and hours on it. What what is the typical like user uh, that is on TikTok in terms of age and gender? I don't know it with the statistics, sure. but Just I think rough average. Yeah, I think it's like fourteen to fifteen years, yeah. and um, male and female sim are similar, I think. Okay. But it's it's a very very young audience there, and it's starting to get older. I think now that it's gaining more popularity, right? But still, it's very young. Same as what happened to Facebook, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now all of our parents, maybe even grandparents are on there. Yes, it's also funny when I talk to friends, they also, they're always like, oh, what, you're using TikTok, who does that? Yeah. Um, but with with young people, like 12 or 13 year olds, they don't even have an Instagram account. Right. And yeah, that's why we also, with Seam, we um, started a TikTok channel during the quarantine to really understand what young people do there and what drives them there. Are there any like key takeaways or learnings from your time on TikTok so far? It's interesting to see how different uh, young people are and how they react with, with the content on the platform. And they are really, um, they post a lot, they comment a lot, they like a lot. And yeah, that wasn't, that's interesting to see. So the engagement rate is much higher than you're used to from other platforms. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so the game really is changing in, in social is, media. Yes, it is changing. Also the contents that are most popular on the app are different than ever before, I think. Okay, also, what's the, the popular content from your perspective? It's also like right now, it's a lot with the, with the, um, demonstrations in the USA so it's somehow it's political or it can be political right. and young people really engage there in comments and are are building like communities so this is just that if you cannot meet in person you meet there basically and have your community uh, right in TikTok yes but actually TikTok bans is blocked that young people can um, text message on the app because they wanted to save them because of older people right. who text young people. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, an important safety measurement. Absolutely. Yes, probably, but it stops TikTok, stops young people from texting on TikTok. Okay. I, th I don't know 
if that's good for the app because most people are young on there. Right. Let's also talk a bit about, you know, this whole social media shift and what it actually means for companies. So if a company wants to win clients or sell their products to TikTok audiences, what should they do? Where should they get started? I think now's the best time to really start with a known channel. That's also what there are, aren't that many companies on TikTok yet. But I think it's, it's crazy because it's the same thing as it was with Instagram. Like it took a lot of time for companies to really go on, on the app. And it's, yeah, I think to produce um, special content that has, that has a purpose and that has a meaning that young people can follow and learn because that's important. That's important for them. It's not just um, stupid, funny videos. It's also about learning and about, um, yeah, having, seeing, seeing new stuff and new interesting stuff. Is there a channel that you think does uh, an especially good job on that? There, it's funny because there's a new kind of companies in the USA. They they're called Hype Houses, and they're not like um, traditional normal companies. It's they they bring creators together and create um, TikTok channels where they push them. But they I think, that, but it's it's a company because they still um, profit of the creators on their their channels so i think they're doing a great job and i think companies could also go in such a direction like not only posting about the shoes they have or the watches they sell but also like somehow bring in a different a different view on their their products and again very much purpose and driven to really appeal to the younger generation yes, right exactly so you should start your own company channel on tiktok right now you should create purpose-driven content that is also not only always funny, but also, uh, you know, meaningful in a certain way. What else should companies do? Should they also like do paid ads on TikTok or any of that sort? I don't know if that's possible yet. I've never seen an ad on TikTok, actually. I I've seen creators who do ads, so like influencers, but it's super low-key and not common yet. But I think that will start soon as well. I think it's just important to stay close uh, to the app and see how it involves. And yeah, also having this testing mindset, I guess, just yes. you know, testing out and learning what actually sticks. Yes. Exactly. And ideally, maybe they should hire a Gen C uh, employee to handle that for the company. Of course, of course. <laughs> but that's also what companies do, I think, <laughs> for for social medias. They they hire young people, but not for others for other parts right. of the companies. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd recommend to companies in terms of, you know, getting active on, on TikTok or also on other social media channels to really be appealing and attractive for the younger generation? Um, I think it's important to produce content for young people and not, or the way young people would produce content and not just for young people. That's what right. I would say. <laughs> how, how do you actually get there? By just hiring them uh, and letting them do it for you? Or is there also another way? Another way would be by consuming a lot of of, of of TikTok or of Instagram or to be really where the young people are, but also to talk to young people and let them help. Another platform that you're pretty active on is LinkedIn, uh, besides TikTok. Um, why do you choose LinkedIn to you know create posts and, and engage with, with users there? What's the, the benefit that you get from that platform? 
LinkedIn uh, really helps us with theme. So it's um, it's the platform where we post our observations about Generation C and what we what what we experience. And it's really the number one platform where we uh, also do marketing for for our company. Yeah. So that's basically also a customer acquisition channel for you. It is. <laughs> so, yes, it is. So. Uh, do you have any success tips about how people can improve their LinkedIn game? I think it's important to post a lot <laughs> and also to post what like, experiences you, you, you have or thoughts you have and try to see different things or, or maybe to uh, find your own um, little corner or Niche. niche yeah to find a niche and it's important to find a niche where you see what you can talk about right and by posting a lot would that mean daily or even multiple times a day actually actually i take that back i don't even post a lot that much or but but yeah i think uh, frequency is important for in the in the beginning right. especially and I also saw that you do quite a, a lot of videos also, you know, pretty yes. personal videos. So would you also recommend to use more video content on LinkedIn? Yes, definitely. I think that's also on LinkedIn, a new path they really want to push. Yeah. The, as, as on TikTok video is going to, is the most important new thing, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in terms of the text, uh, do you prefer or what, what works better from your perspective? long form text uh, in, in like the, the text combined to the video or do you prefer shorter text? I always prefer shorter text and to bring on point what you want to say right away. And then uh, the last point maybe for the LinkedIn part is many people, they just tag a lot of other people in the organizations. Um, is that something you also tested out? I didn't test that out yet. Why not? Is it just like not attractive to do so? Yeah, I don't. I think for me, I don't see the point in just tagging randomly someone or someone else. But if the who you're tagging is related to what you're writing about, I think that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, it can get pretty annoying if yes. people tag you all the time and you don't really have any relation yes. to the post. Awesome. So, is there anything else? I mean, I think we talked about plenty of you know how to win Gen C as clients, uh, customers, but also as employees and how to lead them. Is there anything else that you would like to add that we have not talked about yet? It's interesting to see that young people are starting new things. For example, um, we saw that with the uh, sharing economy back in the in the crisis, in the economic crisis. And then it's suddenly the, the thought came up, came up of not possessing something, but sharing it. And that back then it was also the young people who pushed that forward. And now it's the exact same thing with um, the remote economy. So for us, it was always normal to be on the internet, to use social medias and to, to live remote actually. And now that's something that's becoming mainstream as well. And I think that's just something that came up in my mind. Yeah, I think that's a very good statement. Uh, I'm not sure who said it. I think it was Winston Churchill who said, never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> so this might be actually a good moment to start your own company or your yes. own project. So that's a very good motivational boost for the end of the session. Yes.
Exactly. <laughs> so for the real end, I have some rapid fire questions for you. I give you a choice of two, maybe three options. And uh, you just make one choice and quickly explain why you actually made that choice okay. in one sentence. Are you ready? Yes. Baby boomers or Generation Z? Generation Z. Because they will bring innovation now. Nice. Experience or expertise? Experience. Because you learn on the go and you can use that knowledge. Absolutely. I think that's also what you're doing yes, uh, in all the different careers that you pursue. Reality or imagination? Imagination, because you can use your imagination in reality and create something new. Wealth or happiness? Happiness. That's an easy choice. Yes. <laughs> passion or discipline? Passion, because with passion you can do everything. With passion, you can do everything. Nice. And the last one, podcast or radio? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising. Yeah, thank you so much again for the second episode. It was uh, very insightful and fun to record it with you. Um, and we wish you really all the best for the future projects and uh, also with Seam, all the best and lots of success. Thank you very much. It was great. <laughs> Before you go, just a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode was brought to you by SBB Startup. The Swiss Railways recently launched their own startup program. If you think that your company or your idea is a good fit to the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them at sbbstartup.com. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week for a brand new episode of the Swisspreneur Show.